I don't get where I play as long as I go number one in the draft. From the Erie Otters, Connor McDavid. From the London Knights, Mitch Marner. From the Western Hockey League's Brandon Wheat Kings, Nolan Patrick. This is Tracking the Draft with Craig Button. He checks an enormous amount of boxes. Nobody in this draft did more with less. I absolutely love him. It's not his skills that anybody's concerned about. It's that playing attitude. And quite frankly, it's really poor. Speeding towards the future of the NHL. From the U.S. Development Program, Jacob Truba. From Faryastad of the Swedish Elite League, Jonas Brodin. From the Boston U Terriers, Brady Kachuk. He could play in the NHL next year. He's one of those guys. Here's your host, Dean Millard. Hello there and welcome to Tracking the Draft with Craig Button, episode number 13. The director of scouting with TSN will be along shortly. My name is Dean Millard and the stars of tomorrow are discovered here today it's a little bit different is our final episode before the draft and we're going to try to get as many different players in as possible so six different guys in what you would call mini top shelf talent segments here's who we're going to highlight on this final show lucas raymond hendrix lapierre connor zary dylan holloway willow william wallander and seth jarvis so we'll get to all of those Guys, in just a minute or so, our trivia question is how many Swedes were taken in the first round of last year's draft? Be interesting to see who wins the battle between Swedes and Finns this year. Uh, Probably, I'm going to guess the the Swedes in the first round. And our Twitter poll question is who do you think the top WHL forward will be drafted? That will be drafted is uh, Connor Zary or Seth Jarvis. Uh, two guys that we are featuring today. And so far, Seth Jarvis uh, was, as I refresh this uh, page, and Seth Jarvis is leading the way with 73% of the votes so far. So we'll see how this goes. You can vote yourself if you would like to and leave feedback if you would like as well at Duck Millard on Twitter. And Craig joins us on the U. FFS hotline. Check it out at uffsports.com. It is the most realistic fantasy hockey platform and the highest stakes fantasy platform that there is. And if you can't become an owner or a GM of a team for an owner who doesn't have a lot of time but wants to invest heavily in this, you can become a scout and track the same players that Craig Button does. In this format, you own the game, so get in the game. www.uffsports.com and learn how you can scout literal hockey players in the fantasy world. We have uh, already in this league uh, listed players leading up to the 2023 draft. So you actually can scout players and then list them and franchises like myself will end up bidding on them and you get the cash. It's a really cool process, and like I said, uh, nearly everything about this league mimics the National Hockey League. All right, let's get to Craig Button and our six top-shelf talent segments on the program right now.
Here he is. The director of scouting for TSN, former GM of the Calgary Flames, and a Stanley Cup champion with the Dallas Stars. Plus, he's a sharp-dressed man with a heart of gold and a passion to match it. Craig Button. All right, as we bring in Craig Button to do these uh, mini top shelf talent segments, let's get to the vital stats. Lucas Raymond is a right winger with Frolunda of the SHL. Uh, he is from uh, Gothenburg. Hopefully I didn't butcher that too bad. Sweden. Uh, and he's 5'10", 183 pounds. In 33 games in the SHL, he had four goals, six assists, 10 points. This year already, in two games, he has one goal, one assist for two points. Good math. Uh, he is ninth on the Craigslist. LaPierre with a chance now. LaPierre, a short-handed breakaway. LaPierre in, shoot, scores! Hendricks LaPierre is a centerman with Shakutami in the QMJHL. He's from Gatineau, Quebec. He's six feet, 181 pounds, 19 goals, or 19 games only last year because of injuries. Two goals, 15 assists for 17 points. He is ranked 10th on the Craigslist. Zeri dancing into the goal, backhand Connor Zeri's hat-trick goal, it's a beauty. Connor Zeri is a centerman with Kamloops of the WHL. He's from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Six feet, 181 pounds, 57 games, 38 goals, 48 assists for 86 points. He is ranked 11th on the Craig's list. Works it into the corner. Holloway, the give and go. Holloway fires, scores! What a play. Dylan Holloway buries it. Dylan Holloway plays the wing and center at Wisconsin in the NCAA. He's from Calgary, Alberta, 6'1", 203 pounds, 35 games, 8 goals, 9 assists. He's 14th on the Craig's list. And William Wallander, a defenseman uh, from uh, Moto, plays with Moto Sweden in the Junior 20 League. He's from uh, Seleftia, Sweden, 6'4", 192 pounds, 37 games. He had 5 goals, 19 assists for 24 points, and he's 18th on the Craig's list. And Seth Jarvis is a centerman with Portland of the Western Hockey League. He's from Winnipeg, Manitoba. He's 5'10", 172 pounds. And in 58 games, he had 42 goals, 56 assists for 98 points. He's ranked 23rd on the Craigslist. Hawks set up right in front. Seth Jarvis goes top shelf. Malkin picks his pocket. In on Fane, the shot, he scores! Let's check out some top shelf talent. Off the bar and in over the glove hand. Another rifle shot up to the upper right hand corner. That's a beautiful goal right there. Holy smokes. Top shelf. As we explore first round potential. From the Halifax Mooseheads, Nathan McKinnon. McKinnon through traffic. McKinnon goes down on the shot.
Craig, it is our final show before the NHL draft gets going next Tuesday and Wednesday, and all kinds of questions will be answered then. But one question we can answer today is that we'll be back for 2021. We're already discussing next year's draft. I'm really excited to announce that uh, tracking the draft with yourself and myself will continue into next year. Well, I'm excited too, Dean. I, I, I don't know if I've expressed this uh, to you enough, but, you know, as we talk about the players and, you, you know, your knowledge of the players, you're right up to date on them. You know, it really helps me be, you know, real clear and, and, and to be able to talk about them in so many different ways in, in, in a longer form, which I think helps me really, you know, formulate, you know, my uh, projections it, it helps me think about them. It helps me reevaluate them where they need to be reevaluated. So it, it really does afford me opportunities to really fine tune my own thoughts with, with thoughts of others that I have great respect for their opinions. So, I mean, it, it, it just really gives me great pleasure to do this with you week in, week out. All right. I love to hear that. And I'm glad you're enjoying it. And I know people are enjoying it because I'm starting to get requests for players. One of them is on our list today. We're going to do six top shelf talent uh, players today. Let's start with Lucas Raymond, right winger with Frolunda of the SHL, ranked ninth on the Craigslist. And, and we've talked about Alexander Holtz as a goal scorer. Is Lucas Raymond to playmaking what Alexander Holtz, his countryman, is to goal scoring? Well, it, you know what? It's a, it, it, I think it's really apt to, to, to talk about it that way. And, you know, where, where, where you look at the abilities of, of Lucas Raymond to, to be shifty and to be elusive and to be creative, all, 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 all in the same motions uh, of what I just described. But, you know, one of the things that I've always said about Lucas Raymond I, I think he's a sneaky good goal scorer, and you know, uh, and that and that's why I have him rated as 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 a better prospect than Alexander Holtz. It's close. Don't I'm not mm -hmm. trying to say there's a big wide gap there, but it's because and and I go back to that to the U18 gold medal game. Sweden won it uh, on on an overtime winner the golden goal by Lucas Raymond, he, he had a hat trick in that game. Now, Alexander Holtz had a, had a goal. They won 5-4, so their, their two 17-year-old players led them to that gold medal. But, you know, he, he is he, – the, the beautiful thing about Lucas Raymond is that he takes what you're giving him. So the game can be unfolded, and it might dictate, hey, I got to make a pass here. I got to be thinking mm -hmm. about a play. Oh, boy, I, I got to be thinking about shooting here. And I, I think that – not only does that help him be so dangerous in multiple ways, it keeps defenders off balance. And I think Lucas has that ability. I compare him to Mitch Marner because Mitch has that ability. He, you know, he has the puck. He holds the puck. You think he's going to do something with the puck, and he may do something completely different with the puck. Mitch Marner's going to score more goals. He, he's already improved upon that since his rookie year and over time. And I think I think Lucas Raymond fits that description just as well. Yeah, he's got that deceptiveness where the defensemen just don't know what to do. And, no. you know, his, his skating, excellent. I've heard the term aggressive when it comes to him in his own end. Speed and hockey IQ can make for a deadly defensive and all-around player, can it? 
Oh, boy, can it ever. I mean, I, I, like, you know, it was interesting, Dean, and I'm just going to go back to the Stanley Cup final. Uh, in the game six, Tampa Bay and Dallas, there was, a, I don't know, three or three and a half minutes left in the game. Tampa Bay's up 2 nothing, And I heard some commentary on the broadcast about, wow, John Cooper has Braden Point and Andre Palat, Nikita Kucherov out there. You know, he's he looks like he might be trying to expand the score. You know, you might want to have a checker out there. I'll be going, have you not watched Braden Point and Andre Palat Kucherov play both ends of the rink? <laughs> like, you know, like, and, and, and I think that as you describe, uh, you, you know, Lucas Raymond, you know, their abilities to, to be dangerous when they're on the ice, whether they're in the defensive zone or the offensive zone, like that's the types of players I want on my team. And I, I think Lucas absolutely fits that description. Yeah, and and uh, it, you know it's um, I love when you talked earlier about uh, scoring big goals. You know, as a seventeen-year-old kid, it, it doesn't seem like he shies away from the big moment at all when he's on that big stage. No, he doesn't. He <laughs> he's not afraid of any. Uh, in, in fact, I would suggest that the bigger the stage, the the more uh, brightly his star will shine. You know, the first time I saw him play. Uh, you know, he, he's represented by CAA, Pat Brisson, but Jimmy Hughes and the father of uh, Quinn Hughes and Jack Hughes and 2021 prospect Luke Hughes, uh, you know, another first round pick. It, it, Jimmy said, he goes, he told me this when, when Lucas was 15, he says, wait till you see this kid, Gray. He, he you're going to be excited. You're going to love watching him play. And, and Jimmy kept telling me his mind, his mind, his mind is so brilliant. Tell you what, it, it, it might have taken me five shifts to send Jimmy Hughes a note and go, boy, were you right. <laughs> no doubt. And and he's already off to a great start yes. uh, in, with Prolunda this year with two points in two games. And, and they expect him to have an even bigger role in that league this year. Well, he should. I mean, yeah, yeah, I, I, last year, I mean, he's a 17-year-old player. Forlund is a top-notch program uh, in Europe. And, you know, they develop. And, you know, I know there's lots of uh, commentary. Oh, he doesn't play enough. Oh, they got to play him more. Why are they doing this and everything? And Lucas found himself in that, in, in, in what I call the abyss. He's not quite good enough to play regularly on a good team in Forlunda, but he's too good to play down in the J20. So you find this gap where, where he's at, and, it, and it be, it's difficult to, to find the right place for, for them to, you know, help your team and, and to help their development. And But I, I think Forlunda does a terrific job of that. And, you know, it's not easy at, at, as they go through it. But at the same time, I think that you got to recognize where they're at and to me, Lucas is now just building on on, on a terrific, terrific uh, uh, skill set, and the, and the potential is only going to become greater as he continues to mature. Let's move on to Hendricks Lapierre, a centerman with Shakunami uh, in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, ranked tenth on the Craigslist, and there there are obviously some injury concerns with him as concussions have robbed him of games over the past two seasons. He's played just 67 games. But when you did see him on the ice, what stood out for you? Uh, brain power, the IQ. Uh, he, he He's always been one of the very best players in his age group. And, you know, when I watch Hendricks play and I watch him play in every square inch of the ice, with the puck, without the puck, offensively, defense, it doesn't matter where he is. I, I, I think he's brilliant. He reminds me in terms of his style of play to Patrice Bergeron. You know, like, will he score 90 points? No. But is he that player that makes everybody around him better, 
By extension, the team is better. And every buddy uh, playing against him is going to have a challenge because he can beat you in so many ways and he's competitive. And and I, we know what the injury uh, situation was. And, you know, certainly I believe that if Hendricks had an opportunity to play more, he, he very well could be a top five pick. I think he's that good. Uh, and if you're satisfied on the medical report, and, and let me say this, I'm not one investigating medical reports, but, but, Based on what I know, I am completely satisfied that Hendricks Lapierre is going to be just fine uh, with respect uh, to long-term health, uh, you know, with with what happened uh, to him. And so if NHL teams are satisfied to the same extent, well, now they have to evaluate him vis-a-vis other players. For me, that's a top 10 pick, and uh, I would have no hesitation taking him. But he's brilliant, and he makes everybody around him better. He's certainly going to be one of those players to watch in that first round, and and he's admitted that yeah, I, I don't, I of course uh, NHL teams don't want to waste a pick, so they're going to do their homework, and and he's accepted it. He said, "I'm feeling great," but how much did durability factor into selecting a player when you were drafting, and and do concussions bring in an extra red flag with players? Not saying with Hendricks, but just give me kind of like the 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 draft table sense of of when you're looking at a guy who maybe has missed a number of games well like i can tell you my own experience and an exact experience but before i before i I share that with you uh you know hendrix like you know he, he got hit you know we talked about the concussions but as they went through it they felt that it wasn't as much of a concussion as it was, you know, the upper neck. And, mm. and that was creating a lot of problems. And we saw that with Sidney Crosby, you know, back uh, 10 years ago, where, right. where, where he had run in to, and, and then he went and got more uh, information from, from medical experts. Okay, here's what we're dealing with. Is it a concussion or, or is it a fact that, like, you know, there's been damage to the soft tissues in and around the neck? Now, I'm not here to, to say what it is or what it isn't but that's my understanding of what Hendricks went through and but but as an NHL team you're investing a significant selection in a player so you you want to be satisfied on your on your player evaluation you want to be you want to be really confident on your character evaluation and you also want to be really confident in your medical evaluation I mean those are all critical uh, when you're drafting a player in the 19 19- 95 NHL draft, Peter Buzak would have been a top 10, top 15 pick in that draft. He was that good as a defenseman. Weeks before the NHL draft, that was uh, the lockout shortened year, he uh, he ended up in a serious car accident in the Czech Republic. And, you know, we really liked Peter. I mean, he was, we were picking 11 that year. Peter was right in our mix. You know, the the players that we were really looking at, I mean, we drafted Jerome McGinley, but we were looking at J.S. Shiger. We were looking at Jay McKee. We were looking at Peter Buzak uh, uh, to name uh, uh, to name four. Uh, but we went, and so now we, we dived in to the medical uh, evaluation on Peter. You know, he had surgery, he had some plates, he had some pins, and we knew he was going to slip. And I'll never forget it. We had the medical report. The, the doctors told us, you know, and they examined him. He came over, uh, Rich Winter, his agent, brought him over, and we examined him and had our doctors, and they told us, okay, here's where he's at. 
here's what some of the challenges may be for them in the short term. And then long term, you know, like th th this may have an impact on them. So he, 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 cl he clearly fell out of uh, our consideration at 11, but he didn't fall out of consideration. And in the third round, we were sitting there and talking about different players. And Jim Lights, our president, still the president of the uh, Dallas Stars, said, well, who, who, who are you going to draft? Joe Schmickelschmidt? Who, who, who might turn out. You guys already believe in this guy. You, you know he's good. We know there's some risk. But in the third round, and our doctors feel that there's a, a real opportunity for him, for, for him to be solid, just take him. And you know what? We needed that little bit of encouragement, and we did select him. Now, did Peter have the career that he could have had if he didn't have that car accident? No. But we got to that point in the draft where we were completely happy and satisfied to draft him. The other thing I'll add to that, too, and, and I think it's important for me to share this, we had Bobby Bassett in our organization as a player. And Bobby Bassett is as fine a person as you will come across anywhere in the world. I don't care in hockey, anywhere in the world. And Bobby was rehabbing. Peter came to our training camp this year, uh, that year, and he, and he stayed with us. He was starting. And Bobby took him into his house and, and was so instrumental in helping Peter rehab. So we, we had so much positive, and, and we were really fortunate to have Bobby in our group that really helped Peter realize the potential that, that still remained in him and get to the NHL. Well, it's a good uh, lesson for teams this year to uh, not let uh, Hendricks uh, slip very far. Okay, let's talk Connor Zary now, the center with Kamloops. <laughs> In the Western Hockey League, he is ranked 11th on the Craigslist, and this is a guy. Um, you know, we talked about uh, Lucas Raymond earlier. Connor Zary seems like a guy that defensemen might have a hard time when it comes to deciding how to play him. Do I give this guy space? Do I close up on him? Is he going to pass off? Is he going to beat me? Like he seems like a guy who might give defensemen fits. Yeah, and do you know how I describe him, Dean? We describe him as a Swiss Army knife. Because he, nice. he, he can do so many things in the game and he can play so many different situations in the game and he can do them all exceptionally well. Uh, you know, when I do the draft for NBC, we always have this little segment called Who's Craig's Man, Man Crush? Well, my man crush this year is Connor Zary. <laughs> that doesn't mean I don't love Byfield and Lafreniere and everything, but my man crush is Connor Zary. I, I, I think he's terrific. I think that in the time that I've watched him, and I've watched him for three years, and he's like Brendan Brisson in this regard. Every time I went back to watch him again after I'd seen him previously, it was like he's doing more, and he's doing right. – he, he's got even more significance in the game. And then the next time I'd go back and go, well, wow, he's just that much better. So here's what I would say about Connor. I call him a Swiss Army knife because he can do so much in the game. But he skates exceptionally well. He thinks exceptionally well. He can score. He can make plays. He's competitive. He, he can kill penalties. He can play on the power play. He can play on the left wing. He can play in the middle of the ice. He can play in your third line and check, or he can play with really good players and, and produce offensively. And when you talk about fits, okay, you broke it down to does he – does he does he provide fits for defensemen? He provides fits for coaches because they're scared of who they're going to have out there against him. So, you know, that's the extension of Connor's game. I, I absolutely love him. And in the Western Hockey League, I've really wrestled, you know, between uh, Connor and Seth as the better as the better NHL pro. I think they're close. I really do. Seth might end up being better uh, than, than Connor. 
But I think Connor's going to be a terrific player in the National Hockey League. I, I think he's going to be that player that just is so critical to a team's success and helps you win in so many different ways. Well, and the you know from what I've seen, and I can't wait to to watch all of these players whenever the season gets going again. But you never, you, like you obviously you never want to turn over pucks, but it seems you want to be extra careful around him. He seems to, <laughs> and and again, I'm going off highlights, but he seems to be able to just you know like a pickpocket, uh, just take it right off your stick and go the other way. Well, in the prospects game, in the CHL prospects game, he did exactly what you described, and it turned into a goal. And I remember I was sitting up in, uh, I was sitting with Bob McKenzie and uh, and Stephen Stales, who was the president of the Hamilton Bulldogs, and 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 I just kind of I said, "Yep, there, there's Connor Zuri to a T." And and uh, and Steve Stales says to me, "He goes, what do you mean?" I said, "He he, he takes from you." And before you know he's taking it from you, it's in your net, and you're trying to figure out what just happened. <laughs> and there's like the other thing about Connor, as good as he is, he's not one of these catch your eye with flash and dash and wow you. He he just plays. Is he play with a bit of an edge too to do his game as well? Is there? Uh, Here's you know, what I would say. He seems really competitive. You know, like so we we always have to. I always feel Dean that we always have to you know, define edge. So he, here's what I would say. So there's a physical edge. And then what I always say is required is a competitive edge. So mm-hmm. they're, they're different things. And for me, Connor's not going to, you know, overwhelm you with a physical edge, but his competitive edge, superb. You're not pushing yeah. him out of a game. He's always pushing you, always trying to put you in a position that uh, he can take advantage of, and, and he's dialed in. He's dialed in on the puck. He's dialed in on space. He's dialed in on details. That's what I call a competitive edge. But he, there's no – like when I've watched Connor play, I don't see any game that he cannot thrive under. Yeah, he maybe he doesn't run a guy over, but he just runs you out of energy because he's always <laughs> on the go, right? Yeah, great distinction. All right, Craig joins us, of course, on the UFFS hotline. Uh, it's this the ultimate fantasy hockey platform. Nearly mimics everything about the National Hockey League, and of course, there's a scouting platform just like the NHL. And scouting is such a huge part of it, the lifeblood of the franchises in the UFHL. Any free agent goes through a scout, so you can get in the game and draft uh, young players. You can list young players. Well, you list the players, then they get drafted, and you make a little side cash. It's really cool, and we're so excited to have you on board. And, uh, you know, I know that the draft happens, and then our draft happens, and uh, I just can't wait to see what you and Trish uh, have cooked up for uh, for some of the things going on in the players after the first round and we've talked about it we're talking a lot about a lot of first round picks but we have talked about so many of these great lifeblood players of franchises past the first round wow andre palat seventh round yeah. draft pick <laughs> not bad right for the tampa bay lightning oh wait a sec Braden point oh third round draft pick nikita kucherov second round draft pick late second round draft pick who lit up the u18 that year what about Blake Coleman, who they traded a first-round pick for, who uh, was a middle-round draft pick? Barkley Goodrow, never drafted, signed as a free agent by the San Jose Sharks, and the Tampa Bay Lightning said, we'll, we'll trade a first-round pick for him. So, right. you know what? I, I just talked about the Stanley Cup champion, Tampa Bay Lightning. 
So is there any better example to use about where these gems and where these prolific players and important players are coming from uh, throughout the draft? That's the most recent one. And guess what? It's the best one right now. And that's what UFA, UFFA can do with respect to building it. And let me tell you this. I got a list of a dozen names, and I'm not going to mention one of them on this on this podcast because I'm saving them for Trish. And we'll see how the draft unfolds, but they're players that you want to get listed. All right. Well, you know what's really cool? about uh, our platform and, uh, you know, the Ultimate uh, Fantasy Hockey League and the Ultimate Franchise Fantasy Sports platform is that the Monarchs won the Klein Cup, and, and that's our version, our championship. And the Monarchs are owned by Ashley Murray, who happens to be the daughter-in-law of Al Murray. So, Craig, the Stanley Cup and the Klein Cup could be in the same building this year when Al gets his day with the Cup. And uh, she, like Al, loaded up on Tampa Bay Lightning to win the playoffs. So there's a really cool connection in the scouting world right there in our platform. Not only do we have you, but we have somebody who I'm sure is picking the brain of a pretty good scout in Al Murray. Well, now you've really put the pressure on me. I mean, Al is superb. He's been superb for years. Now I'm feeling even greater pressure to have to try to match, to try to help Trish and yourself to the same extent that I know Al is helping Ashley. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's continue uh, with our conversation about uh, top shelf talent. Dylan Holloway now we're talking. He's a center and a left winger that played at Wisconsin in the NCAA, ranked 14th on the Craigslist. And from what I see in this guy, I see three things that seem to stand out. Speed, size, and power. Is that the kind of package you see? It's absolutely the package that I see. Now, let me share a little bit about this with you, about Dylan. So I've watched Dylan play since he was 14. And he, he was a slight youngster. He was a player that had skill, that was identified as a good player, but he was slight. He he had didn't have the physical maturity. And but he, you know he 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 was part of uh uh the U17 as a late call up. You know, the, a player got injured when the tournament was up in Fort St. John and Dawson Creek and they said, "Well, w- we have Dylan Holloway down in uh Calgary. Why don't we just call him up?" He came up there, he was terrific played on a top team in the Alberta Junior Hockey League in, in Okotoks. And he was, by the way, the uh, Central, uh, the Canadian Junior Hockey League Player of the Year. <laughs> like, right. it's amazing when you go back and look in time, you know, what Dylan has been able to do uh, with respect to prior to his draft year. Now he goes to Wisconsin. College hockey's hard. But I, I, I saw Dylan play live four times at Wisconsin this year. I think he's in a great program, and I think he made significant strides. The reason I go back to he was a slight player, he had the skill, he had the speed, you know, he had the confidence, but as he grew and he matured, he, he, he became more forceful at, because he was able to be more forceful. It wasn't that he didn't want to be forceful earlier. He just wasn't capable of having the same impact as when he became bigger and stronger mm-hmm. and older and that confidence, the way he plays. I, I talked about Connor Zary earlier and Dylan Holloway, you know, played for the Holinka Gretzky team uh, that won gold in, in Edmonton. Uh, you know, Lafreniere was the val- most valuable player of that team. I love him as a center, but he can play the wing. And he, and he brings you this, this skill, this drive, this power. And, you know, 
you, you know, you think about different players in the game, and and uh, and I've wrestled with a comparable. I've, I've used Sean Couturier, Pierre Luc Dubois. Let's just leave it at this: if if Dylan Holloway is one or the other of those two players, or a combination of those two players, whoever drafts them is getting a terrific player. Yeah, no doubt when you combine those two guys and. You mentioned that dynamite season he had in the Alberta Junior Hockey League in eighteen nineteen, and then last year at Wisconsin. When you look at his his games uh, played, like he was really heating up when the season was canceled. How would you rate his uh, development with the the Badgers? Uh, you know, stepping in. We we talk about you know sixteen year olds stepping in at the WHL level. Well, you know, seventeen and eighteen year olds stepping in at the NCAA and NCAA level is just as tough. Well, there's no question it is, and, 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 and they introduced a lot of freshmen into their lineup. I mean, Alex Turcotte, Cole Caulfield, Owen Lindmark, and, and, and Dylan Holloway, you know, were, were, were four players that were young. And, and, it, and again, now you're playing against 21 and 22 and 23-year-olds, and college hockey is hard, and it's good, and it's competitive. And, and, and I think Dylan, just like he did when he was 15, and he found his way, and, 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 and he did what he needed needed to do and then when he was capable of doing more he did more and 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 that's progression and that's development and that's exactly what I saw at at Wisconsin and Tony Granado and does a terrific job with his coaching staff there and and they and they give players the opportunity and you know when you start to when you start to understand what your level of competition is and then you also are working every day at getting better that intersection of becoming really impactful and, and as you point out, you know, understanding, okay, wait a sec, I can take these next steps. That's exactly what Dylan did. It's exactly what Dylan did at the Wisconsin. And you, you call it heating up or whatnot. You know what? The, the days just kept going on and he kept getting better and understanding what he was up against. And then he just kept applying those lessons and excelling as time was uh, passing. It's it's unfortunate for Dylan with respect to uh, him not being able to finish off the season because he really was really showing, I think, not just me, but everybody, how good he was because I already felt he was a top player. Yeah, really good progression as the season went on. Now, uh, let's uh, talk about William uh, Wallander, a defenseman with uh, Moto. Uh, played in the Swedish junior team, uh, junior 20 league last year, ranked 18th on the Craigslist. Is this guy a, a puck mover who can skate it out and pass it out, or he does he do one better than the other? Well, th- th- let me go back to the hallmark of his game. He's an exceptional skater. So, you know, as a puck transporter, I mean, he, he's outstanding because, you, you know, he can take that puck and, and, and just get it up the ice, not just quickly, but with not a lot of effort because because the skating is effortless. And, you know, the player that comes to mind is Jay Boomeister. I mean, Jay Boomeister was, was an, was an unbelievable, uh, is an unbelievable skater. And, and that's, that's what he did so well. I mean, he got the puck, he beat pressure in his own zone and all of a sudden the puck is up the ice. And, and that's what William does so well. So I would say that as a transporter, he's better at this stage because when you're when you're that good of a skater, you can skate by players. But the developmental part for William now is understanding. Okay, as I move up levels, I'm not just going to be able to skate by players. So mm-hmm. I'm going to have to round out my game. I'm going to have to become better at moving the puck. 
So that's what I call a developmental weakness. You know, if you're, if you're not a good passer, it becomes an inherent weakness. Or if you don't have good hockey sense, it's inherent weakness. I, I just see that it's just part of his progression. You know, one of the, one of the areas that I, I, I think that everybody that's evaluating players with, when you're, when you're looking at scouting 17-year-olds, is, is you can see what they do really well. And then with it, then you start to say, well, oh, I don't see him pass. Well, does he have to pass, mm-hmm. you know, when he can skate like that? And then you start to say, well, I'm not so sure that that translates to the NHL. And I think that that's where you have to really start to look at what are the skills that are necessary to translate well and, and what can be developed. So in this case with William, like, I love his initiative. I love his skating. I love his competitiveness. And I think the, the area of his game that, that he needs to expand upon is, is just is developmental. And I, I, I don't have any doubt in my mind he's going to do that. I, six foot four defenseman that can skate like that and, mm-hmm. and move the puck up the ice like that. I, I, like, I'm not, I, we just watched the NHL playoffs. And Jamie Alexiak, who was a first round draft pick, he, he looks like he's coming right into his own now. And is going to be a really good, solid player for a lot of years to come. What's wrong with having a Jamie Alexiak on your blue line? You know, again, we want all players to develop at the same rate. They don't. But I think Willie Wallander is a, is a player that could be a really good uh, defenseman in the National Hockey League for a lot of years. Yeah, and, and that's the key is, uh, you know, the, the, as great as they are now, you want to project them what they're going to be like. Uh, not just their first year in the NHL, but you know, as they as they keep going, because you know, oftentimes guys have to play down a little bit in their in their uh, young years in a new level. So, is this a guy in William that uh, obviously a tremendous skater? Does he use that to you know continue jumping in the play? That do you like his offensive potential, or you know, what where do you kind of see him as as that offensive defenseman, or is he going to just be? kind of a, a middle-of-the-road offensive player. Well, as Dave Tippett, the head coach of the Edmonton Oilers, often says, the less time you spend in your defensive zone, the less opportunity the opponent has to score. And the more opportunity you're going to have to score. So William William Wallander, he allows you to get out of your zone <laughs> and be, in the, be moving in the other direction. And when, when you have really good, skilled players and, you know, you don't want them playing in your own zone. So mm-hmm. what I would say about, if you're going to judge him based on offensive numbers, I don't see him as a prolific offensive player. But do I see him as being significant for creating offense? Absolutely, I do. Because he's smart, he can close the play defensively, he can beat the pressure defensively, and he can move that puck quickly up the ice. And, you know, if, if you do not have those defensemen that can close the play, beat the pressure, jump in and, and transport the puck or, or move the puck, you're, you're going to have problems. And to me, William Wallander, he, he alleviates a lot of those problems that create disadvantages for your team and advantages for your opponent. You want to flip that script. All right, let's wrap up with Seth Jarvis. And this is a player that uh, I actually had a number of requests for us to uh, review. So he's a centerman with Portland of the Western Hockey League, ranked 23rd on the Craigslist. 42 goals, 98 points in the WHL for a second-year player is amazing. What's holding him back with those numbers for a draft-eligible player in the WHL? I thought 
you know, when I looked at those numbers, I would think he would be much higher. Is there something in his game that's holding him back? Nothing. Not a thing. You know, he he, he might end up being the better than I, – I, I don't know where he's going to go. I, I very well could see him going in the top ten. But he might be better than five players drafted ahead of him if he goes in the top ten. He's that good. He's that he's that gifted, and you you know even myself I've had to go back and 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 really say you know am I warranted at, at having him in the spot on my list that I should like 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 he's he's higher now than I had him back in March, and okay. you know I like I like I just said I think he's a top ten pick, but he's so good offensively, and so there's some areas of his game that I think give him significant advantages. So let's start with the head. Great understanding and IQ. But he has this subtle approach where he makes you think that he's going to do one thing, but he knows he's got multiple options. You know, you, you know, in football, right? The, you know, they mm-hmm. talk about the option play, right? And, and the run-read yeah. option, right? Like, are you going to run? Are you going to hand it off or read? Well, if I had to apply that to, to Seth, that's what he has. He he might make he he might make you think I'm going to make a pass here, and he'll shoot it because he knows that he he's got a great opportunity and he, he knows how to keep you off balance. He he may make you think he's going to shoot, and then you got to commit there, and then he can make a pass. He he's so brilliant in what's what I call 360 degree awareness, and he makes you think like he may do this but he's always got you off balance because he's going to wait to see what's the best uh, outcome. And he's going to try to execute it. And more times than not, he does execute it. He's got an unbelievable uh, elusiveness to him. You know, you you think you have him tied up and and you might even have a body on, on, on him, but his hands are free. And you think you have him checked but because his vision and his head is so good and his hands are so good and tight, he, he still makes plays. And you're kind of going, wait a sec, I thought I had him pushed out of the play. Yeah, you might have had him physically or his body, but he didn't have his hands. He's versatile. You know, on the Holinka Gretzky team, he, he didn't play an offensive role. He, he played in, in different areas of the lineup and played them exceptionally well. So when I look at Seth, and I see a player that plays with great determination, great competitiveness, high-end skill, high-end thinking. All he needs, there's only one thing Seth Jarvis needs, time. But guess what? So did Braden Point. And that's a comparable I use for uh, Seth Jarvis. And I think somebody's going to get a real, real significantly gifted offensive player. And we'll, we'll probably be talking in years to come He's not going to be Braden Point going in the third round. Let's be clear about right. that. But he very well could be that player that should have been drafted higher than he will be drafted. And, you know, Braden Point gets, uh, you know, now he's getting so many accolades for his offensive game, and rightfully so. But Braden Point is also a really smart, uh, good all-around player. What are the things in Seth Jarvis's game that that you like, that you see in Braden Point's, you know, all-around game, not just the offense? Well, I think it's I, I think it's exactly the same as Braden Point, and you know, like I I, I was lucky. I, I I watched Braden 
you know, growing up in Calgary, you know, I watched Braden from 14 years of age. And, like, I could go out and I could see that when he started in the Western Hockey League, he was whatever, 5'5", 140 pounds. I could see. But but then you watch the game. And the late Claude Ruel, great scout, coach, assistant coach, uh, Mr. Everything for the Montreal Canadiens for years, he told me this when I first started scouting. He said, Craig, sometimes it's really not that hard. All you got to do is, is watch the guy that has the puck all the time. Usually that's the guy that's the best player. Well, when you go to the game, like Braden Point, you know, Seth Jarvis has the puck all the time. So I can mm-hmm. go and go, well, he's only 5'5", five, 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 or whatever he is, 5'9". Guess what? Well, how come all those other bigger players don't have the puck? How come those supposedly other uh, faster players don't have the puck? Like, there's one puck on the ice, and when the same guy has it all the time, like, you better pay attention. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And when I say that I only think he needs time to realize all his abilities, it's exactly like Braden Point. I, I don't see, you know, I don't see any differences between Seth and, and Braden Point at the same age. I don't. Uh, that'll be great for whatever team manages to take uh, Seth Jarvis or any of the players that we've talked about. And uh, that's kind of it for our uh, prep work. Now, well, for me, you have a very busy week next week, Craig. And uh, I look forward to talking to you after the draft and recapping things. And then our final episode of season one, we're going to talk the art of scouting. For those in the uh, ultimate uh, fantasy hockey league and those who just want to maybe learn a little bit more scouting i'm really excited to get uh, craig's counsel as i call it uh, scouting tips uh, for those out there so have yourself a great week get some rest craig you're gonna need it for next week and we will definitely be chatting after the draft and looking forward to season two of this show i'm looking forward to it as well and it's always nice to see what nhl teams do at the draft table so we'll have an opportunity to to see what they've done and and to discuss it this is a serious message craig button joins us on the ultimate franchise fantasy sports hotline Become a scout and make money while providing prospects to the Ultimate Franchise Hockey League. What'd you talk about, mister? Pay that man his money. I'm your huckleberry. Check out the details at www.uffsports.com. It's serious. I like it a lot. I said we got a winner. UFFS, you own the game. Good stuff with uh, Mr. Craig Button, the Director of Scouting at TSN as usual. And in the next little while, we're going to bring you Craig's counsel, as we mentioned, where Craig will give you some scouting tips. This will be especially important uh, for those who are in the scouting program uh, with Ultimate Franchise Fantasy Sports. And there's already some really talented ones there. So for anyone who also aspires to be a scout, this will be good. If you have a specific question, email me tracking the draft at gmail.com and we will add it to the list of topics when we do Craig's counsel. Time to flex your brain and answer this draft related trivia question. Well, we're waiting. You want answers? Pay attention now. So you're telling me there's a chance. Can you dig it? Hands up with answers. Thank you. Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. Yeah! 
Our trivia question, as we asked you earlier, and hopefully you were able to guess without looking it up, how many Swedes were taken in the first round last year? Uh, four of them. Uh, Broberg, Philip Broberg, went eighth to the Oilers. Victor Soderstrom, 11th to Arizona. Tobias Bjornfoot to L.A. at 22. And Simon Holmstrom, 23, to the Islanders. As for our Twitter poll question, asking you who will be the top WHLer taken in the first round or in the uh, National Hockey League draft, uh, top WHL forward. And uh, Seth Jarvis still leading the way at uh, just over 76% of the vote. You can have your say in that one by heading to Twitter and voting at Duck Millard. Hope you enjoyed this episode, our final one before the draft. Uh, I will be putting out a, uh, a Twitter thread uh, with all of the players that we've talked about. And uh, the great news is we'll be continuing this show into the 2021 draft and beyond. So I'm really thankful for Craig Button and his time. And for you, the listener, uh, who have downloaded and participated in this show, really appreciate it. We will be able to expand this so much more when we have a a full season and beyond uh, because the queue starts right away. So we'll be able to dive into a lot of players in that situation. So if you enjoyed the show, please let us know by subscribing and leaving us a review. And check out Podcast Alley if you'd like other podcasts for your listening pleasure massages for your ears Uh, sports and more i also have a fantasy fun time with myself and jamie thomas a new episode out today this show of course tracking the draft with craig button and uh, the cannabis 101 podcast which is an educational and entertainment uh, podcast uh, for those new to and experienced with recreational cannabis thank you so much for listening if you'd like to be a part of this show in the future hit us up with an email at tracking the at gmail.com and if you have any questions for craig uh, shoot them our way as well big thanks to craig button the director of scouting for tsn who's going to be very busy next week with the national hockey league draft and to you the listener my name is dean millard this has been a lot of fun this has been tracking the draft with Craig Button where stars of tomorrow are discovered. Have a good week and enjoy the draft.